0: Amen. Well, it is good to worship with you. We're going to continue to do that by opening up God's Word, so why don't you grab your Bibles and go with me to the book of Hebrews. Uh, We are going to be in Hebrews chapter 13. Uh, tonight We're really just mainly looking at uh, uh, one verse, and, and it's kind of a special one. And I, I really wanted to go here because I know um, after last week's kind of announcement, it was a big one. Our church is entering into a, a season of transition as uh, Carissa and I and the kiddos prepare uh, to leave Fairfax. And um, I, I just want to be honest with you. Um, I've never been in this position before, uh, leaving, having been the lead pastor of a church primary responsible for preaching every single week, and and I've uh, kind of wrestled with this tension of knowing, um, just being honest, at the end of the day, like, God does not need me. Okay, And and this church has never been built around me or my personality. Uh, It is is always existed by and through and for the glory of Jesus Christ and he is building his church. I'm so grateful for that promise and we're like leaning into that and that's part of the reason why we have great confidence is because Jesus is the one who is doing a good work here and yet at the same time, like I told you, there's this tension, like I get it, okay? I know this is a, a kind of a big deal to have to go into a season uh, of searching for another uh, lead pastor, and, 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 and so transitions are just kind of difficult like that. So, so I was kind of wrestling with, uh, what, do, what do I do here? What do I do here with, with four more weeks of having the privilege of getting to stand up here and, and open up uh, God's word and preach, and, and, and this became so clear to me, okay? Uh, I know what we need to do. Uh, the best thing that I can do is to point us to the Lord. To get all of our, just direct all of our attention, all of our focus on who God is. Is because I I I think about like where we're going. I I love this 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 graphic because it kind of depicts a, a little bit of how we might all be feeling. There's a little bit of a a curve, a bend in the road, and we can't really see ahead. There's some uncertainty, maybe some unclarity there. But I am convinced that nothing is going to help us more. Nothing is going to give us uh, more more confidence, more joy, more peace, more more hope than if we get our eyes on Him and the truth uh, and, and the reality of who he is. Think about think about this. God is period. Like that reality in and of itself should stop us in our tracks. That reality is is what sustains us. the fact that that God exists at all. and everything about Fairfax Bible Church has always been about the glory of God. This is what we do. We seek Him because we want to see him so that we can. Worship him for who he is. That's what we do. God is, and God is awesome. God is glorious. God is, God is holy, and, and, and God is gracious, and loving, and merciful, and just, and sovereign, and God is good. And here's the thing. We know all of those things because of what I want to share with you tonight. Those things are true about God. Because God is unchanging. That means that all of the truths about God, all of these characteristics, all these things that we love about him, all these things that that we want to explore and want to understand, all of those things always apply. Because he will always be who he's always been. And I know that this is going to be um, kind of a challenging season. Uh, maybe even scary, I'm praying for you. I, man, I just don't want you to give up. Um, don't want you to uh, uh, walk away. Uh, feel like you just need to give up here. Freak out, worry, uh, be filled with anxiety. And 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 honestly, I, I was thinking about. It. I don't. I don't even want you to uh, just. Uh, grin and bear it as if it's just going to be miserable and we got to get through. It's one of the things that that the Lord's been kind of impressing on on, on Carissa and I in this season. I want it so much for you as well, that, that you wouldn't just grin and bear it and try to get through it, but that you would worship your way through it. We raise a hallelujah this is what we're going to sing. We're going to worship Christ for who he is, that you that you can know God, that, that you can experience his presence. And sometimes it's through things like this, where, where he's, you're, you're going to learn these truths in a really personal way, where, where it's going to become so obvious, man, God is just going to press these in on you so that you know, so that you'll be filled with awe, so that you will be filled with love. Is that not what we always say, that we want to live sent, but first it's because we love Christ. Like, I just want that for you, that, that you would worship your way through this because you're growing in your love for Jesus Christ. And so I don't want you to lose sight of, of who God is. I was thinking about this week, and you don't have to turn there. You know this story. I was thinking about Peter. Remember, remember the story when Peter was walking on the water? There's this, there's this moment where, where Jesus actually comes uh, walking on the water to them, and they're in a boat, and, and they're a little freaked out. They think he's a ghost, okay? And, and, and as soon as they uh, see him, they're, they're like crying out. But, but imme- immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. And, of course, Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. Come. Peter might have been thinking like I didn't mean it like I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't serious right like but but he said it so now he's got to do it so so Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water that's pretty crazy and he came to Jesus but when he saw the wind and of course we know he didn't you can't really see the wind, but he's seeing the effects of it, okay? So he's seeing, seeing the waves are coming out. When he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me, and Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying, "Oh, you of little faith, why, why'd you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, You are the Son of God. I just know, like, um, through this season, you just have to be aware that there are going to be moments where where you're tempted to stop looking at Jesus and start focusing in on on the wind and and the waves coming at you. And listen, listen, if you do, if that's where your focus goes, you're going to doubt. I don't think any of us need to have like, ah, that's not me. I wouldn't do that. Like I'm not gonna, I, can, I can go through. Like No, Like this is what happens when we get our eyes off of Christ and start thinking about the circumstances and, and how scary these things and the uncertainty, and, and, and then we begin to forget who he really is. And, and we start to doubt. And, and so here's what I want to give you. I want to give you a big idea tonight. This is what I'd love for you to take away, okay? Keep your eyes on our unchanging Savior because he will always be who he's always been man he's he's always going to be who he has always been i want you to see this in hebrews chapter 13 okay i love i love 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 this text i love this verse I think this is something you're going to want to keep running back to. I'm, just, I'm giving you some of these game-changing verses to keep coming back to again and again to remind you of some truth here. Uh, Hebrews chapter 13, I'm mostly looking at verse 8, but I want to get a little, uh, a little bit of a heads, head start here in verse 7. Verse 7, here's what the writer of Hebrews says. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Man, that's an awesome truth. And I want to give you two implications. If if he really is unchanging, here here are two implications. Uh, Note this. Here's the first one. Jesus is the ultimate man we look to. Do you get that? Jesus is the ultimate man we look to. Verse 8 is a really, really important doctrine about the person of Jesus Christ. But the context in verse 7 is, is this command, okay? Before we get to that truth, we're, we're seeing what he tells us. He says, verse 7, to remember your leaders. And, and, and he doesn't specifically actually say to like, like look up to them or, or to respect their leaders. But he says, remember your leaders, which seems to indicate that those leaders, those men, are no longer with them. Meaning it's probable that they died. They they passed away, and and maybe even possible that some of them have been martyred for the faith. They have given their lives for Jesus Christ. These were the men, it says, who they, they spoke to you the word of God. They had taught the church, they had taught them the gospel, and then they had lived it out in front of them as a powerful example, and he's saying, imitate their faith, follow that example, but listen, listen, the point is not that they would look at those men, but at The man whom those leaders looked to. The man who had changed their lives forever. Namely, Jesus Christ. He's saying imitate their faith because their faith had been in Jesus who is the same yesterday and today and forever. so one of the things we take away from this then is that that leaders in the church are responsible to faithfully teach the gospel and and also to live it out. Not so that anybody would be impressed by them, but so that everybody would see uh, the the supreme value of Jesus Christ and treasure and love him so much that they would spend their lives for him. That you would get that, that you would see Jesus is worth it. In fact, it reminds me of one of my favorite parables uh, that Jesus taught, and it was only one verse. I've got it for you on the screen. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. This is one of my favorite depictions of the gospel and what the kingdom uh, really is. Jesus said this, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up, and then in his joy, he went and sold all that he had, and he buys that field. That's the response of someone who believes the gospel. They see the infinite worth of Jesus and they give up everything else just to have him. Like, he's worth it, he really is that awesome. And, and, and so their leaders, these, these leaders that, that, that had taught them in the church, they, they'd faithfully told them this truth. And then they had demonstrated it so that, so that the believers could look and see and, and have, uh, they, they could see what it actually looks like to have Jesus as your treasure and as the Lord of your life. And, and I just want to say, man, God help us. God help us to be examples like that who point people to Jesus. We want to be like that. And praise God when we do. But here's the point. Here's the point. I think what he's trying to say in this and why verse 7 comes before verse 8 is this. Leaders come and leaders go. Jesus is the constant. He is the ultimate man we look to. Listen, I, I I know that you know this. I know that you know this. But at some point, you're going to need to remember this. At some point, you're going, to, you're, you're, you're going to have to struggle with not getting distracted and starting to focus on the wind and the waves. And, and, and there's moments of doubt and fear and anxiety. When, they, when those things come rushing at you, you need to know what to do. Really, the only thing you can do is look to Jesus. That will be the difference between a church that just struggles with change and a church that worships their way through it and grows spiritually because of it, by the grace of God and for the glory of God. You keep your eyes on our Savior. And it's because of the second implication, if you're taking notes, uh, note this. It's because of this. Jesus can always be trusted because he's always the same. You see that? Look at it in verse 8. It says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Now, that's actually an attribute of God. See, this is why Jesus is the ultimate man that we look to because he is God. In fact, uh, um, at the beginning of this book, Hebrews chapter one, verse three. I've got this for you on the screen. I want you to see this, just so that we're like putting the pieces together. This is this is a picture of the doctrine of Christ uh, that, that that this book is displaying for us. He says that that He, Jesus, is the radiance of the glory of God. And the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. And after making purification for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So when we look at Jesus, what he's saying is we we are seeing the radiance of the glory of God. And all of the attributes, all of the perfections of God always apply to him. He is the same yesterday and today and forever. This is what we call uh, the doctrine of God's immutability, or uh, sometimes it's called God's unchangeableness, okay? Those are some weird words. Here's what it means. He doesn't change. God doesn't change. In fact, uh, Malachi uh, chapter 3, verse 6, God says, uh, for I, the Lord, do not change. James chapter 1, verse 7, he's the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Wayne, Wayne Gruden, when he was trying to define this in his systematic theology, he says it like this. God is unchanging in his being, in his, in his perfections, that is his, his attributes or the various aspects of his character. He is unchanging in his being and in his perfections and in his purposes and in his promises. Okay? God is not becoming like we are becoming. God is not becoming because he is. God is unchanging. Now, I just want to admit, there's some mystery to this, okay? Uh, This is actually, there's some difficulty in our finite minds trying to understand this doctrine because we do see uh, God emotionally responding. And sometimes as we read through some of the stories, it seems like God is kind of responding differently to some of these things besides the fact that we know that God actually exists outside the bounds of time, which is basically impossible for us to really uh, comprehend and wrap our minds around. Side note, by the way. Uh, Those kind of doctrines that stretch our ability to think to the breaking point where we really don't, those are actually kind of encouraging. And the reason they're encouraging is that that, that it's not made up. Because we would not not fashion a God like this. We would make our God tame and understandable, something that we could wrap our minds around. And I was actually praying about that and praising God for that this morning. That just, man, it's, it, it fuels our worship that we have a God that we can know him rightly. Like, I can understand, I can know God, but I cannot fully comprehend him. I can't put him into a box. Praise God. He's an awesome God. And so while we maintain some mystery here, uh, this is really something that's hard for us to wrap our minds around. When, when, when it says that God is unchanging, it means that the, the emphasis is that his character is always the same. And what he has purposed or what he has determined, he will bring about. And when he makes a promise, he will always be faithful to that promise. What it means is you can count on him. You can count on him. Because who he says he is, what he says he's going to do is always going to be the same. His character and his purposes are unchanging. And so he is trustworthy. I was thinking about this aspect of, of um, God's immutability, his unchangeableness. Um, w- w- one, of the, one of the aspects of that is that it means that God is never inconsistent. And the thing I, I think I'm blown away by that because that is just not me. Uh, yesterday, like I hate to admit this, but I was having one of those um, Grumpy mornings. I'm sure you never have one of those. I was having one of those. I, I could, like, I, I'd love to just make the excuse that I was, like, super tired, and I was, but I was, it was mostly just uh, pretty pathetic and, um, and ridiculous. And, and there was a moment where uh, Carissa was busy taking care of one of the kids, and, uh, and, and she asked me to, to go back upstairs and, and grab something uh, really quick so that she could help uh, Jolie. And the problem was, I had literally just come down the stairs. I didn't want to go back up the stairs. You know what I'm saying? Anybody have this problem in your house? That's like the worst, right? When you gotta go go back up. So here's the deal: I did it, but I did it with attitude. Or as um, I was as was graciously pointed out, uh, I did it huffing and puffing, <laughs> which is apparently a thing for me. I. I, I like I'm just beginning to realize this after a few years. I think she's been saying that for a while. Um, like I hate that I'm inconsistent. Uh, like like sometimes I just respond to the circumstances completely different. Like one one morning I'm I'm like sure great no problem I'm I'm upbeat I'm energetic I'm ready to help I'm ready to have fun and the next minute I'm grumpy and I'm irritable and I'm huffing and puffing. And that's got to be so hard to be around me when I'm like that, right? And I, thank you, Judah. I appreciate your honesty there. <laughs> It's like yep yep like i thankful thankful that my kids are really patient and they're forgiving but here's the deal you're never going to have to forgive god because his reactions his actions are always right and consistent with his character god is not inconsistent you're never going to catch him on an off day. You're never going to have to like tiptoe around him like worrying if you're going to unintentionally make him mad or upset him. You're never going to be wondering if he woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Like He is not suddenly going to be somebody different. He's not going to be a loving and gracious and kind and just God one minute and then change his mind and be unloving, ungracious, unkind, unjust in the next. It's not. He's never inconsistent. He is who he says he is. And when it says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever, then what that means for us as we're thinking about this, it's really important for us to look back and to see what he was like yesterday, who he was yesterday, that he is, was our creator And our Savior, and we see his character on display in the gospel and what he's revealed to us about himself in the pages of scripture. Like we have, this history is here for us so that we can see who God is. But then, this is kind of cool, then then it actually becomes personal. We see it in our own history because we see uh, uh, our own God at work stories when, when God is just proving again and again his faithful character to us in the past and we have some of those things that we can look back to and just say, man, he's been consistent. He's been who he said he was going to be. I've seen it in my life. And so who he was yesterday, the text says, he will be the same today. So that we can have a personal relationship with him right now. We can enjoy him right now. And then we can know that who he was today, who he was yesterday, he's going to be that tomorrow and the next day and the next. Because it says he will be the same forever. And so, like, we can look forward to the bend, uh, the the curve around the bend. We can look forward to that with, with hope and with confidence. Because everything just depends on this truth. He will always be who he's always been. The obvious application of this, guys, I know, it's just super simple. You can trust him. You can trust the Lord. Jesus is always trustworthy because he's always the same. And so what we have to do, is this is, this is why we just spent an entire month uh, uh, trying to think about renewing our minds so that we would think rightly, we would think biblically, so that we'd think about what's true, who he says he is and who he's always been. Can I just ask you some questions? I want you to think about this. Has God made you? Is he the one who made you? Has he sustained you? Has he chosen you? Has he saved you? Has he been kind to you? Has he been merciful? Has he been gracious? Has he been good? Think about this. Has he ever abandoned you? Has he ever forsaken you? Has he ever been mean or cruel or vindictive? Has he, ever, has he ever shown that he can't handle things or that, that he can't be trusted? Has, has he ever lost control? It's important that we run over these truths, that we think about who he has been, what he says. Has the Lord been faithful and trustworthy? Then can you trust him now? You see that? This is the way that we think biblically, so that we think, think rightly and discern rightly. And I just please, please, please don't respond and act in the flesh and what you feel and give in to worry or fear or frustration or, or bitterness or or despair. Like I think about where we were at the beginning of our, our ministry year, and man, I think about like, like didn't know all of this was going to happen back in September, and we were right outside here in the field, and we were casting this vision of being a growing church, knowing that that we wanted to, not not just numbers, and that's, that's, that's not what we were concerned. We wanted to grow in such a way that it was obvious that the Spirit of God was working in us. We preach through those fruits of the Spirit. That's, that has been my prayer that you would grow spiritually. Not that, that you wouldn't respond in, in the flesh, but in the Spirit, that we would see the fruit of the Spirit coming out of you, that you would have peace and joy even in the midst of something like this. Listen, I get it. You're going to wonder, there's going to be uncertainty. As you look ahead and you realize like I can't I can't see around the bend. There's there's uh, there's unclear uh, unclear future. I, don't, I I don't have that certainty of what's going to happen. Listen, you never have to wonder if God is going to be faithful. Because he will always be who he's always been. And so in just a moment, I want us to take communion together. Because this is an opportunity for us to Remember, and we go back and we think, it's this, it's this actual tangible reminder that Jesus uh, gave to us to remember what he's done. I think of Paul, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 said this, I have, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live, now I live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who, listen, he loved me and he gave himself for me. Like, man, if we needed any proof that God loves us or that he's faithful, we run back to the gospel. Uh, I want to encourage you to take communion with us if if you really are a believer in Jesus. If you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus to save you from your sins, I'd I'd encourage you to just kind of just watch. It's okay. Uh, It's never wise or safe to say that you believe something if you really don't. But, But this is an opportunity for us to look back and remember. Remember what Christ has done. Remember his faithfulness, remember his love to us. And we get to declare this. Paul actually says in 1 Corinthians 11, as often as you eat uh, this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We just want to keep proclaiming that because that is the ground on which we know that God loves us and he's going to be faithful to us because of what he's accomplished for us in the gospel. The scripture says, In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. God, you are. The fact that you exist is enough. But you've proven so much more. You've proven that your character is always good, always trustworthy. Thank you for that. So grateful for this this confidence that we can have because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And what hope that gives us. Lord, you have been faithful to us. You have loved us. You have chosen us when we didn't deserve it. You have saved us. You've been merciful and gracious to us. God, I think about the work that you have done here at Fairfax Bible Church. This was not our work. This was yours. You did this. You have built your church. And because you've proven yourself faithful, we know that we can lean into that promise and ask you to continue to do a powerful work here. So, God, would you sustain our hope? Meet us in those moments where we feel like the the wind and the waves are coming at us and and we're tempted to get distracted and, and forget who you are. Lord, would you help us to keep our eyes on you? You will always be who you've always been. And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name.